Welcome to Working Matters. My name is Carl Edwards. Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, we are back for another stimulating week with Marion Skeet. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, Carl. I'm excited to be back with you. We are in the middle of a great discussion on visionary leadership. Marion is turning it all upside down for us in wonderful ways that are really grounding leadership, change, direction, and organization needs to take in to the ongoing story community. Absolutely. I think that's exciting. I'm excited about the journey, and I'm excited about this discussion because I'm learning a lot. I personally feel left out when a leader's <laughs> vision of the future doesn't include me, and I'm supposed to try and figure out how my life, I need to squeeze my complicated life into that beautiful, pristine picture exactly. they've laid out before me. In using your image of the story, the unfolding story, um, what comes to mind for me and leadership and visionary leadership, and even though many of us affirm that and use that term, is I think we're a little thinking a little differently than you in that we think the leader is the writer of the story or is the owner of the story, and yes. that's their gift. They get they're, they're good story writers, and they see how they or their organization or or God, whichever story we're working on here, unfolds. Mm-hmm. But you're you're not saying that. Absolutely not. Um, certainly as a Christian, you know, God's the author. Um, I think as leaders um, in communities and in organizations, wherever we lead, we are not the authors. We are, I would want to say, we are more like the editors of that story. In other mm-hmm. words, we mm-hmm. help to maybe, you know, tweak it here and say, you know, this story can go this way. Or maybe can we think about this story in, in this way? Can we envision this story differently? Can we move forward and see a preferred future. But I, we are not the authors of that story. I think that's where we set ourselves up for failure. Well, I already want to be a part of your organization, Marian. Well, because, you, see, I that's contrast to me, <laughs> to my experience, where uh, my story isn't the dominant story. Right. The leader's story is all that matters, and I have to fit into that. What you're saying is you're paying attention to my story, where it's been and where it's going, and as editor, you're going to yes. give yeah. input, resources, ideas yes and um into this my life my story or my job and help that unfold yes Whereas i'm in this in my example i'm the author at editing sir you're in service of our unfolding yes. stories we well, love that i feel like yes. i matter and i think when organizations come together sometimes they come together because people are just hired and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be people who share the same vision with the leader of that organization mm-hmm. so Given the fact that that happens, you know, it, it makes it even more difficult for the stories to be told together, especially grassroots leadership where somebody has a vision to do something, make a difference in a community, and they want to communicate that. Oftentimes I find what happens almost organically is in sharing your story, you find that people who are in some way not necessarily having your same story or similar story, but in some way relate because they see your story somehow mm. as the empowerment of their own. I, I don't know how better to explain that. I think those, th- those are the things that sort of draw people together when they could see that their story is also a part of yours. So I don't think people are saying that leaders shouldn't have a story, a compelling story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I think leaders must be able to communicate vision through their story. And, and, and people have to feel the passion. They have to feel the sense that you're convicted about something. You know, you've been through something, and as a result, you have a passion to make a difference because you've mm-hmm. been through this experience. But if it starts and ends with you, that's the problem. I think then you invite other people into that story and allow your story to be shaped because our story doesn't just end. As we continue to live, it is always unfolding. 
and the people that we, we come in contact with, that we lead, that we influence in some way, are also influencing us, and they are also shaping our story. This well, is not to a, say a leader must not have a story. In fact, they should. <laughs> good, good. No, that's helpful to have drawn out. And, and, you know, what it highlights for me is if you're writing a story, if we are writing a story, and the only people in the room mm-hmm. are the leaders, exactly. that's a pretty limited oh, yes, view is. of the story. Yes, it and is. so, you know, you use language about it, making sure all the voices are heard. Yes, So yes. maybe let's shift a little away from the story metaphor. Tease that out for a little bit. For me, when you say that there's voices that are not being heard with traditional leadership moths. Well, I think when we talk about language, we talk about cultivating uh, language, uh, language for change. And it's often said that, um, you know, leaders create reality. And I've heard that statement and probably even used it myself. But, you know, the more and more I grow as a leader, the more I'm realizing that that's very arrogant. And I, even, even though I understand the point that it's trying to make, we our visionary leaders and leaders, we don't create reality. Reality already exists. I think what we do, we cultivate and give language to that reality. So that reality, in a sense, it is, it is part of the storytelling, I believe, because it's, it's allowing people's voices to be heard and to help to shape their own vision. Well, why are sense. these voices getting left out, do you think? Because I think we, we have models of leadership that say that confine us to, um, let, let me, let me, I think this will help to explain this. Okay. I think language, when we talk about language, I think I first have to define what I'm thinking when I think about language. I'm not just thinking about verbal language, which of course, oftentimes leadership is based on leaders. Mm-hmm. The leader is usually the, the articulate person. The leader is the one who talks a lot, mm-hmm. lot talks the loudest. You know, particularly yeah. in our Western culture, mm-hmm. leadership is very driven by verbal language. But when I talk about language, I think we need to increase the, the playing field here. We, you know, we need to talk about body language because obviously if a leader is saying one thing and doing another, then of course that defies the whole vision and that undermines vision. But I'm also thinking about language in terms of how we do things, our way of being, how organizations function. Mm-hmm. There's a language that I think comes out of that. And I think when we don't bring other people into that, into the language of that organization, we leave their voices out. You know, we, we think, for instance, I think sometimes successful organization corporations, sometimes the visionary people are the people who are working in the mailroom because they're not jaded or they're not so entrenched in the financial success of that company that they forget the people power mm-hmm. and the resource of people because they might be people on the bottom rung that are dealing with the everyday crisis of life. And so they have an understanding um, of the grassroots level of humanity where, you know, where, where people are really at. And so they could add to the structural leadership, they could add to the, the executive leadership if their voice is included, because they bring a refreshing and a new mm-hmm. idea because somewhere the organization may have started off to be a very valuable and, and very um, people-driven enterprise. But unfortunately, the more institutionalized we get, the more we leave the people aspect out of what we're doing and that we become product-oriented or so This is where your stuff takes a real departure because people matter. People, people are part of the story. Yes. And all their voices need to be in the conversation Absolutely. or the story of the organization cannot go where it needs to go. Exactly. Now that's huge because most visionary leadership and all forms of leadership yes. do not have that, what I think is a very respectful view of every person in the organization. And yes. it almost does not matter to them who is in the organization because they're the sole writers of the, the story. story. Exactly. And as soon as someone's not on board with their story, they're out of the organization. <laughs> 
Exactly. And what you're saying is exactly the opposite. You're saying you've got a community of people who have unfolding stories contributing to the community, whatever yes. the community is about. So you have to know those stories. You and have when you to. know those stories, yes. you can help them unfold. That will inform where the organization can and, and needs to, to go. go. Absolutely. That's a lot of involvement. It's hard work. But I mean, it's a lot of involvement. Because there are some voices. Everybody you- gets to come in yes. and it's a lot of data. Exactly. That the leader, other traditional leaders don't have. But in some ways, it's the way forward. And it's hard work. And I'm not even trying to say this is easy because it, I think when you, and especially when you talk about our budget crisis and our financial crisis, becoming a leader or being a leader who's very interested in people, it has, I mean, and it has, it's a slippery slope sometimes. I mean, to, and to get the voices um, that would help to inform the organization and move the organization forward. But I'm not sure we have a choice because I think if you lose sight of why you exist uh, as an organization or as a ministry or as a project, if you, if you lose, the, and which is the people power, you know. Mm-hmm. So once we get into just positional leadership, I think we have to lead out of presence, not position, out of presence, being with people. And letting people, allowing people to shape what we do. And I'm telling you, again, it's, it's scary. <laughs> it really is scary. I'm not saying that that's easy. Because some voices you probably prefer not to have. Let's be honest. But they are a part of your story. But they're a part of the story. And you need to that hear takes it. takes a yeah. lot of courage to allow those into the story. Oh, this is good stuff. Well, we're going to have our final conversation Mm-hmm. on language and cultivating a language for change next week. We're going to continue on these things, and it's hard not to just want to continue <laughs> today with this way of turning leadership almost upside down, yes. letting story unfold and helping the story unfold. Thank you, Mary. Giving voice to those stories. I, you know, we, Giving voice. Yeah. To those giving stories. voice. That's a different form of leadership than the controlling a model that many of us... There may be one do. narrative, but everyone adds to that narrative. Exactly. Ah, well, we're going to need to close there for today. I know people are interested in you. I know I get more and more interested with every conversation. Where can people find you on the web, Marion? Well, we're Legacy Makers um, International, and we're at www.legacy- don't forget that dash, makers.org again, legacy-makers.org. And, and you can find some exciting resources to help empower leaders and help you develop if you feel called to do something, make a difference in your community, in your world. So, Well, thank you. Thank you. My name is Carl Edwards. Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Come by, join the conversation. These are complicated yet extremely rewarding discussions to get in with the people you work with and um, help your own story unfold. We will see you next week. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.